Welcome to Ag Annex Talks, a podcast brought to you by the agriculture brands of Annex Business Media. Join the teams behind Top Crop Manager, Potatoes in Canada, Fruit and Vegetable, Manure Manager, and Canadian Poultry Magazines for compelling conversations with some of the most important voices in Canadian agriculture. Hi, and welcome to Ag Annex Talks. I'm Stephanie Crowley, the Editorial Director of the Agriculture Group at Annex Business Media. And I'm joined today by Rob Gobey, an Agricultural Health and Safety Specialist at the Canadian Agricultural Safety Association. Uh, Rob's based in Winnipeg, and we're really happy to have him on the podcast today. Hi, Rob, and thanks for joining us. Hi, Stephanie. It's really good to be on your show. Thanks. Can you tell us before we get started, Rob, just a little bit about yourself and your role at the Canadian Ag Safety Association? Uh, Sure. I am the Agricultural Health and Safety Specialist with the Canadian Agricultural Safety Association. Uh, Like you said, we're based out of Winnipeg. Uh, My basic role is to deal with health and safety issues as they come across my desk or uh, anything that um, the association feels is uh, needed in regards to helping keep farmers safe out there. Great. Um, And it's definitely, you know, something that we need. And I'm sure, you know, I'm not the only person who kind of feels a pit in my stomach anytime I read one of those headlines about a farm accident. Um, They pop up from time to time in our news feeds and in our social media. And uh, I'd like to think that some of them are avoidable. Can you start by just maybe speaking to the number of uh, agricultural accidents and farm related fatalities that happen every year in Canada? Sure. Well, the Information we collect is uh, from the Canadian Agricultural Injury Reporting data. And uh, according to that data, there were an average of 84 agricultural fatalities per year across Canada. The data, of course, is a little um, dated because of the way the information is collected. And really, the only hard numbers we have, unfortunately, are due to fatalities. The reason for that is because of the way the information is collected by uh, local provincial workplace safety and health, workers' compensation boards, also um, injuries involving medical attention may not be recorded accurately because farming is often not listed as the primary occupation. And as we know, a lot more farmers nowadays list off-farm employment as their primary source of income. Right, right. So um, does your data provide you with some of the top causes of these accidents and fatalities, the ones that are reported? Uh, Yes, yeah, we do record uh, the mechanisms of injury. Uh, According to this data, the top three ag-related injuries are runovers, rollovers, and pinned or struck by equipment. So Mm -hmm. as we can see, uh, the top three injuries or fatalities unfortunately are due to tractors implements and other farm related equipment okay so do you think there's a number or a percentage of these that are preventable or slightly avoidable i guess well as a safety professional uh, my perspective is a little skewed but from my perspective i do firmly believe that 100 percent of them are preventable Mm -hmm. because there is a direct cause to all of these incidents. It is also important for farmers to take a proactive approach to safety on the farm by identifying, communicating, and controlling hazards, also creating safe work procedures 
training staff mm -hmm. and visitors to the procedures and promoting and enforcing safe behaviors, including leading by example. Right, for sure. And I think, um, you know, these are things that everybody recognizes as being important, these procedures and operating practices. But unfortunately, I'm sure there are times when they just aren't a priority. So what are some of these most prominent safety hazards and concerns, I guess, that you're seeing or that you know of that producers and farm families are facing in their operations? Sure. Well, I'll, I'll talk about some common hazards amongst more or less all types of farming. So some common hazards mm -hmm. would be tractors, machinery, equipment, including entanglement hazards uh, by rotating moving parts. We right. also have ergonomic concerns, uh, bending, stooping, heavy lifting, so on and so forth. As we all know, farmers may have some fatigue occasionally with, with working long hours. There's also working in extreme heat or cold or other environmental weather conditions. And one other factor we uh, have on the farm is a challenge with childcare. So that is often right. a factor as well. Now, specific to crop farming, the obvious grain handling and storage concerns would be grain entrapment or engulfment. Right. Livestock farming would be like trampling or getting struck by or pinned by an animal and as well mm -hmm. as biosecurity issues mm -hmm. and uh, fruit and vegetable farming, vulnerable workers and language barriers. The, that sector does have a lot of temporary foreign workers. Yeah. Uh, so these types of things are all a, a concern. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you mentioned fatigue is, you know, one of a, a very prominent safety hazards. And I think we've all seen that, you know, we see farmers on the road or in the fields in early mornings, they get out to their barn to do chores, um, you know, late nights, um, as you said earlier, fitting in farming beyond their, you know, daytime job, so to speak, as as for many farmers, it's, this is a, a secondary occupation. And I think, you know, on the same side as fatigue, we get into mental health a little bit. Um, our last episode of Egg Index Talks, we focused um, that conversation on mental health. Um, do you think that has a role to play in farm safety as well? And if so, what would that role be? And, and how does mental health affect safety on the farm? Yeah, for sure. Mental health is a, a big issue in farm safety. Um, if a person is not thinking clearly due to whatever stressors are happening in their life, uh, they are far more likely to have an incident on the farm. The numbers, depending on what numbers you're looking at, they can go to from twice as likely to have an incident to up to probably about 30 times as likely to have an incident on the farm. Wow. Um, keeping in mind these are statistics, but um, you know, definitely the likelihood of incident is far greater. Yeah, absolutely. So with that said, I guess, um, everybody has a role to play, but whose real responsibility is this? It, I think it's safe to assume that we all have to be accountable, but how can a farmer or an employer keep these right parties accountable if it's, you know, certain members of their staff, if they have employees, if they have family members helping out or seasonal workers, as you said, um, what are some of these general best practices to, to keep everyone in line and accountable with, you know, a farm's safety policies and procedures? Yeah, um, initially you stole uh, stole my line there. So everybody has <laughs> a, a responsibility in regards to farm safety. 
But at the end of the day, the majority of the responsibility falls on the farm operator. Mm -hmm. um, and that being said, the best way to keep the right parties accountable is by number one, defining, communicating and training staff on various roles. Also develop and implement the hazard recognition program for your operation, strongly recommended. Mm -hmm. Number three, I would develop and implement a new hire and a visitor orientation package that is specific to your okay. operation. Number four, develop policies and safe work procedures for hazardous job tasks and train the staff in procedures that they perform. Ideally, we'd want to develop it and implement safety management systems such as the Canada Farm Safe Plan. Mm -hmm. Next, we'd want to promote and enforce our policies, procedures, and the program itself. And I will always finish up with lead by example and encourage safety on the farm by discussing it in a positive manner. That's great. Can you elaborate a little bit on some of those procedures and maybe do you have any tips on how somebody could start drafting up some guidelines or, you know, how elaborate do these have to be? Well, ideally, Stephanie, we'd want to have everything documented. I've seen mm -hmm. a lot of statistics specific to farming. And in health and safety, there's an old adage of if it's not documented, it did not happen. Right. CASA has developed the Canada Farm Safe Plan. Uh, so basically, that is your uh, template that helps a, a farmer create a health and safety program for their operation. Okay. We'd also want to do like a critical job inventory, not to get too technical with the safety talk here, but um, what that basically is, is uh, assessing what the most hazardous tasks, job tasks are in your operation and creating mm -hmm. specific procedures that help keep your workforce safe. Okay, that's great. That's a good starting point for sure. And you mentioned too about new employee kind of standards and and like training manuals and things like that. Are there, um, you know, is there templates or is there something that we can direct people to to look for examples on something like that? Yeah, for sure. Again, our Canada Farm Safe Plan has all of those templates as well as uh, your local provincial Ag Health and Safety Association would have templates for that. And if they did not, they could definitely help point a person in the right direction. Okay, perfect. And then in terms of, I guess, you know, like you said, I, I stole your line, but everybody does have a role to play. But what about somebody like me? I'm not involved in a farm directly, but I am part of the greater ag community. Um, and, and there are others as well, you know, in different roles, whether you're a supplier to the industry, whether you're, um, you know, an agronomist or an, a consultant, whether you're in research, whether you're in um, veterinary and livestock, animal health and things like that. How can we, as an ag community and as a whole, I guess, come together to support farm safety? Are there are there knowledge gaps there to fill, or where can we improve? What's missing? Well, the typical situation is a bunch of ag-related folks sitting in a coffee shop discussing current events. So, you know, the more positive discussions in regards to farm safety that we have, the the bigger difference it actually makes. So, just having the presence of mind thinking and discussing safety on the farm makes a huge difference. Also, from my experience, farmers have great intentions to having a safe operation, but the biggest knowledge gap that I feel there are is that uh, many farm operators are not aware of 
they're not aware that provincial occupational health and safety legislation actually applies to them and what parts actually apply to them and mm -hmm. also how to go about implementing safety on their farm. The flip side to that is once farmers realize the benefits of implementing safety on the farm, they buy into safety and promote it with in a much more positive manner. Uh, some of the benefits would include less loss due to injury, lost time from work, better equipment maintenance, and less equipment downtime. Also, lower WCB or insurance premiums. Uh, there's more efficiency due to having staff trained for safe work procedures. So the work gets done in a far better predictable manner and mm -hmm. also with a higher quality. And that equates to a higher potential for profitability. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so there's always room for improvement in everything. So I don't want to make it sound like we're uh, picking on farmers specifically because we can all improve no matter what we're doing. But the best way to improve our farming safety in our operation is by evaluating the processes we have in our operation on a regular basis. We want to identify gaps in our system and we want to make improvements. Simple continuous improvement principles apply right across the board. Right, and so I think it's probably a safe assumption to make to say that there is no silver bullet to be the the safest farm, right? It, it's it's a just like we say, there's no silver bullet to have a perfect crop year or or anything like that. It's just a matter of you know staying on top of things um, and making sure that you know you're you're never being complacent, I guess, right? Yeah, exactly, and and no two farm operations are identical as well. Just exactly. because uh, Farmer Joe down the road is uh, doing something doesn't mean that it's applicable to your operation or vice versa as well. For sure. For sure. Okay, well, let's flip the switch a little bit. And as you said earlier, you know, positive discussions are a really good way to, you know, increase farm safety awareness. So let's talk on a little bit more about the positive side of things and what are we as an ag community, what are farmers, what are, you know, different industry representatives, what are we all doing right? What wins can we celebrate in terms of safety on the farm? Sure. Um, well, number first of all, farmers and the ag community in general, we're all uh, very sensible folks for the most part, I find. Mm -hmm. uh, so we all want simple, practical solutions to problems. So that ag community, we all have a strong sense of community and we all work well in teams for the most part. Mm -hmm. um, these are some of the basics of developing and implementing a good safety program on the farm. So people are really getting on board with running a safe operation and mm -hmm. CASA constantly is working to promote farm safety and uh, find those simple practical solutions for producers safety challenges. Um, okay. In regards to statistics, Farming is consistently among the top three most dangerous occupations in Canada. Mm -hmm. And uh, some of the things that we can celebrate is a steady decrease in fatalities over the years. Well, that's um, great. Roll, rollovers, runovers, and pinned or struck by equipment or animal fatalities are on a steady decline. And these are indicators that maybe equipment and operators may be getting safer overall. So mm -hmm. just contrary to what I mentioned earlier in the uh, podcast about farm machinery and equipment being the most dangerous thing, it is also 
in my opinion, getting safer due to technology advancements and operator training as well. For sure. That's great to hear. It's always nice to end off on the kind of a more positive note like that and and make sure that we are highlighting some of the, you know, the wins, because as I said earlier, you don't like to hear and read about the hard stuff, but uh, I think it's important to to stay in, in touch with the fact that the hard stuff does happen. And so let's let's change it and flip that switch a little bit as much as we can. Yeah. I want to talk really quick just before we end off here. I've got a couple of um, questions left for you, but, you know, we are kind of in unprecedented times right now. Um, you know, as we record this, um, it's mid-April and we're we're in the middle of a global pandemic. You know, Rob and I chatted um, off mic earlier about how we were both working remotely from home and it, it's it's different times and different situations. Um, I've had some conversations with, with farmers and producers that a lot of their work hasn't changed right now in, in light of the COVID pandemic um, because, you know, farmers are quite isolated in, in some cases. Uh, but obviously, we all have to be mindful about safety in terms of these, you know, strange times and, and unprecedented times. So um, maybe it's not specific to this particular situation, Rob, but is there any way that we can, you know, um, be prepared for these kinds of strange situations or these unprecedented moments and, and weeks and months of being extra alert about our safety on farm and off farm, really, um, for the egg community? Yeah, for sure. There's definitely things we can do. Um, like you said, uh, this is a whole new world we're living in the past uh, month or two. So uh, that being said, the pandemic we're currently in is not that far outside of what we talk about in regards to emergency planning for our farm operation. Something like this pandemic could be written into an emergency plan in regards to potentially a biosecurity policy and mm -hmm. procedures that are related to biosecurity. Also, it's good to plan for maybe not a global pandemic, but maybe a workplace pandemic. Something like right. the flu or the common cold can really impact an operation as well. So I don't want to uh, make less of the pandemic situation than what what it is. But, you know, something as simple, again, as the common cold or a flu situation in a workplace can really impact operations as well. So having a contingency plan for that really would help in this situation as well. Yeah, for sure. And you're right. Um, it's probably more likely that um, a, a flu or a cold would stop some of these operations at this time, but but maybe not. And And I think just kind of looking at the bigger picture of how we can make sure that we're prepared for anything is, is I think this whole pandemic has brought that to the forefront of in all kinds of industries right now. This, these are, these are unprecedented times, but um, you know, it is a good reminder that we have to be on top of things. So yeah, that's a good reminder. That's right. Also taking that proactive approach to things, um, something like if we're doing a facility inspection, for example, we, we may want to have a certain minimum supply of uh, equipment available. Do we have X amount of belts available for the equipment? Uh, right. Do we have uh, medicine for our livestock or vaccinations mm -hmm. or what have you? So we mm -hmm. always want to have a supply on hand that can last us a designated amount of time ahead of time. 
for sure. We don't want to wait until the last minute until we're running out. Yeah, absolutely. I can only imagine what would happen if if that were the case. So that's a great reminder. Um, and and I guess before we wrap up, too, let's look at some of the resources that are available. You mentioned a few um, that are available through CASA. Maybe you can expand on those a little bit and any other resources that you've got available for the ag community and for producers across Canada in terms of farm safety and, and where they can go to for some help if they need it. Sure. Well, again, yeah, there are many resources available to farmers in general. Uh, CASA or your provincial farm safety association can provide pretty much anything that a farmer would be looking for in regards to safety resources so our website definitely has a wealth of resources um, and again be f be familiar with your provincial farm safety association as well uh, mm -hmm. and know know where to find them online and uh, most of them have really good resources that's great. Do you have any other final tips or anything that we didn't cover, Rob, that you think would be a really good, you know, final piece of takeaway advice for anybody listening today? Uh, yeah, I've got a couple little things at the end here. Um, one thing I'd like to mention is that we all need to keep up with today's expectations and that things change over time. The key is to be flexible and to take the lead to stay on top of what is needed today in order to keep our families, friends, and coworkers safe. At the end of the day, that's all any of us want is we want to go home the same way we showed up uh, Absolutely. that morning. Uh, the, the last thing I would like to uh, mention is in regards to children on the farm. Um, mm -hmm. Every year, many children are unfortunately killed or seriously injured. So it is important to define safe play areas on the farm. We want to have adequate supervision and we want to teach them to respect these boundaries. So one of our partners, uh, their website is cultivatesafety.org. They okay. have uh, also developed an excellent uh, agricultural youth work guideline system. It, it helps identify um, cognitive and physical abilities for youth as they, you know, as children grow, many of the times uh, they get more and more involved throughout their years uh, in farm activities. But, you know, no two children are the same. Uh, just because you're 10 years old, for example, doesn't mean you're capable of doing certain tasks. It, it definitely depends on your cognitive and physical abilities. So, mm -hmm. again, cultivatesafety.org has some really good guidelines that we strongly promote. Okay, that's great. We'll make sure that we put that link in our show notes and uh, a couple of the other links and resources that you mentioned. We'll include those all in the show notes. You can find them at eggannex.com um, and they'll all be linked there as well. I think that's Perfect. all uh, I've got for my questions here. Rob, is there anything else that you wanted to mention before we wrap up? I guess just a quick blurb about the COVID-19 situation. Uh, right on our homepage, we've got a link to uh, the resources that CFA has developed. So there's a yep. big, uh, big bold link on our CASA website right on the homepage if, if anyone's interested in that. 
Perfect. That's great. We'll be sure to link that too. We've been following all of the updates as well and um, have them posted across all of our different websites um, through our uh, Ag Annex publications too. So that's definitely a good reminder for everyone. Okay, well, thanks so much, Rob, for joining us today. I really appreciate uh, all of your insight and your tips and, re and reminders. Um, I think, like you said, and we've reiterated this a few times, um, safety on the farm is is an ongoing concern and an ongoing issue. Uh, we need to make sure that we're always on top of and everyone does have a role to play. So I'm glad that you were able to join us today and, and kind of relay those messages. Well, thanks a lot for having me, Stephanie. And it was a pleasure uh, talking with you today. Thanks for tuning in to Ag Annex Talks, the podcast hosted by the agriculture brands of Annex Business Media. You can subscribe to Ag Annex Talks wherever you listen to podcasts or visit eggannex.com to catch up on all of our other episodes.